Hey everyone, welcome back to another week, another episode of Game Talk Radio, the last episode before I take my holiday break. I'm Greg, how are all you doing today? I hope you're doing great. Hope you have all your Christmas shopping done. It is that time of year, and it was very quick from Thanksgiving to Christmas, so hopefully you've got everything done. If not, you've got today and tomorrow to order stuff and to make sure it'll get here before Christmas if you have Amazon Prime shipping. Uh, cheap plug, I don't know why I said Amazon kind of sucks as a company, but they do give you stuff very quickly. Uh, and so obviously Christmas is coming up um, next week. Next Tuesday will be Christmas Eve. Christmas is a week from tomorrow. Can't believe it. Next week is Christmas Eve day. So I won't be doing one that day. And then the next week is New Year's Eve day. And I won't be doing that uh, day that one either. I have to work that day. So just uh, as a heads up, this will be the last podcast of 2019. So when I come back, though, one thing I want to talk about, I'm very excited about, is not just talk about my game of the year. I want to talk game of the decade. I might actually spend a whole podcast on just that. You know, I want to talk about my favorite experiences throughout this year. And then I'm going to go through and talk about the decade that was gaming. So what I want to do is I want to, since we're coming up to a new decade starting on in 2020, I'm going to go everything that came from 2009 to 2019. Started in 2009 all the way to 2019. Basically the start of a new decade. I mean, how cool is that? I think it's be really cool to look back because even I have to do that. I have to do quite a bit of research on that because... I don't remember probably half the games I played off the top of my head. And so I need to go back and do a little bit of research, obviously go through my old videos I've been making for the last three years. Uh, but then also even go back further because I was still technically working at GameStop when, when this decade started. And so it's a very, it's very hard to remember what was great back then. And I have to, I have to go back and find what games I was playing and what, what was kind of motivating me to play games back then. I mean, it's going to sound silly, but I didn't play Earthbound for the first time until probably 2012 or something. <laughs> and and so that's interesting to me. You know, obviously I'm not going to pick it as one of my games of the decade. I, well, I, you know, it's funny. I haven't even decided that. Maybe I will games I played for the first time, like Dragon Warrior 2 I played this year. Or maybe if it's the first time I played a game, Gremlins 2, maybe I will do that. Maybe I'll look into, like, retro games that I first played of the year. Maybe I'll do that as a separate category. I don't know. Maybe I can make my own game awards. Mr. Keeley, Mr. Jeff Keeley host of the game awards. Maybe Greg, maybe Greg Johnson will, uh, will make his own game awards and you can stuff it. Maybe probably not, but maybe I could, I could, if I wanted to, but I don't want to probably wouldn't be very good, but I could. And so today, though, really, uh, the only things I want to talk about are we're going to go over my video from the Game Award nominees. We're going to see how I did because I speculated, if you remember, I speculated on all the winners. And we're going to see how I did. We're going to keep a tally, maybe even. Maybe if I can find a pen around this joint. A pen right here. Find a pen around this joint. Uh Oh, it doesn't work. Yeah, it kind of works. It works enough to keep a tally. So we'll keep a tally on how well we did. And that'll be fun. And then I want to just touch... I don't want to say briefly, because it seems like one of those topics where I say I just... I briefly want to talk about the name of the new Xbox, which coincidentally is Xbox. I want to talk about that. And, and it's one of those things where I'd say, yeah, I'll just talk about it for a few minutes. And then I'll go on some crazy ranting diatribe that takes a half hour so it, it you know but you know you you could argue that uh that my last podcast before the break i'm phoning it in a bit and uh you'd be pretty right <laughs> this, i mean i'm not phoning it in but i'm just i'm just doing it you know i mean i'm not i'm not studying for four days to get the podcast notes ready this week okay you know what i'm saying it just it is what it is we have our game of the week picked out staying with the theme and I have to do a correction from last week. So apparently last week I was doing Dino Crisis as my game of the week. And I didn't go back and look at the tape, but my friend John who listens to the podcast said that at the end I said Dino Crisis 3 is a good game, go play it. Well, if I said that, which I'm still not convinced I did, I'm not going to go back and watch the tape, but I will trust my friend John. Dino Crisis 3 is not a good game. I was talking about Dino Crisis 1. Okay, Dino Crisis 1 is a very good game. Dino Crisis 3 
is an Xbox exclusive that takes place in space. Space dinosaurs in the future. Don't play Dino Crisis 3. So if I said that and you all went out and bought Dino Crisis 3 and you've been playing it this week and you've been screaming to the heavens, why, God, why has Greg forsaken me? I didn't. (laughs) I was wrong. Okay, it was a mistake. It was a technical error. If I even said it, like I said, I don't think I would have said that, but John's a good guy. I trust him. So I'm going to, I'm going to believe him when he says that I did that. I guess. Hi, John. I know you're listening. So (laughs) with that being said, I'm going to put the headphones on. We're going to do some Gregception as I watch a video of myself, which is pretty obnoxious. And then we're going to see how this game awards thing played out. We're going to see, hopefully, Hopefully the article I'm reading, actually, maybe I should look at that first because, you know, not everything here has to be (laughs) half-assed. So let's see. So the website goes. So first up, we're just, you know, we're not going to put this in order. and I didn't want to do that, but okay. So game of the year, action game, game of the year, action game, action adventure game. I got to skip ahead a little bit. There's a lot of talking in this video where I don't get to it. Okay, so it seems like the order that they are on the website is the order that Polygon put their article into. So it should should be good there. So let me... All right. So it's weird. <laughs> it's weird watching myself like this. But we will... Uh, we'll get it done. It's strange. Okay. And, uh, well, here we go. So first up on the podcast today, we're going to be covering how I did in my guesses of the Game Awards. And so I have up here on my screen, I've got who the winners are. And in the background, you have a little bit of Gregception going on. And I have the video of myself saying who's going to win. Uh, It was when I didn't have my new green screen yet. So it's this terrible background of all my crappy video game accessories. Terrible looking set. I'm back to to Hollywood green screen, baby. And so we're going to watch the video. And we're going to pause it as we go through. So it goes in the same order that I did the podcast in, so this should be pretty easy. So first up, though, uh, we're going to watch the video. The first up was Game of the Year. So here we go. Talk about the nominees. So first up, we're just, you know, we're not going to put this in order and make you watch through all the crap to get to the good stuff. Let's start with Game of the Year. It's top of the page, right? So the nominees for Game of the Year, we have Control by Remedy, which I've not played, but it is the next game I'm going to play after Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So I'm excited to play that here. I have played it since, and it was very, very good. Great things from everybody. Death Stranding, which I have completed. Resident Evil 2, which I have completed. Sekiro, which I have completed. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, which I don't play because I don't like Smash Brothers. And The Outer Worlds by Obsidian. So the five, the six, excuse me. Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and The Outer Worlds. So just looking at this list right away... Two of these games are in my top five of the year so far, and that's Resident Evil 2 and Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, which leaning heavily towards Sekiro because the game was just fun to play. Um, and, of course, it's a FromSoft game, but it was just fun. It stands true um, still. Control, like I said, I really have much of a comment on. Death Stranding I finished, and and I feel it's too polarizing to be game of the year. Uh, it, it's just a game that... And I finally had this realization yesterday when I'm talking to a customer. This guy's it. really smart. We should listen to this the guy. The thing about Death Stranding is you have to experience it yourself. Normally, I could play a game and say, I know exactly who this game's going to be good for. It's my job. It's been my job for almost 20 years. Where I say, oh, this game may not be for person A, but it's for person B. Death Stranding, I can't pinpoint that. And maybe that's cool in a way. Oh, my God. Does this guy ever shut up? I can't pinpoint it. <laughs> Just get but to who picked it. Death Stranding is a game you have to experience. It's a journey you have to Oh, my to God. Take. I'm going to skip. Because, yeah, you could you can listen to people talk about the gameplay and how maybe it's not that good. That, that's, that's what's interesting about that. Uh, Resident Evil 2, incredible remake. And this is, this is where it comes down to a lot of people give it a hard time, like saying, can a remake be a game of the year? Well, we're going to be hearing that argument again next year with the Final Fantasy VII remake. Can a remake be game of the year? Absolutely. My game of the year last year was Spider-Man, and that was a straight ripoff of Batman Arkham. Resident Evil 2. It came out so early in the year, though, that oh my you just God. kind of... It feels like... Trying to get to it here. And then we have, of course, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is probably my... Together was just an excellent, excellent game. And the, the mm-hmm. controls and the combat, the parry system, the, it just works. And and it is, it is just... I don't care to try to play 
We're Smash. skipping ahead. I've tried it. Every time a new one comes out, I try it. And I'm thinking, maybe this will be the Outer Worlds. It is essentially Fallout New Vegas in space, but instead of having one huge open world that you go around, you have planets that you essentially land on. You have to do deal, and Obsidian makes good games, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, um, what do I think? Finally! Game of the year? I think... Finally, Greg. Jesus, just get to it. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be Control. <laughs> and, and and I say oh, that as someone oh who hasn't played the game, but... You know, reading a lot of blogs, hitting a lot of websites, seeing what people's opinions are, everyone says something amazing about Control. Death Stranding seems more hit or miss. Resident Evil 2 brings in the argument of, is a remake, should a is a knock on it? Unfortunately, f in the eyes of some people, not me, but in the eyes of some people, a Nintendo game. Keep track of all these, and once the Game Awards come out, we'll do our podcast that week, and we'll go over it. We'll see hey, that's we what we're doing now. It's. Pro I feel like it's going to be Death Stranding. says, for the best game in the action genre all focused right. primarily up to action on game. combat. So Okay, so action game. The winner ended up being Devil May Cry 5. So let's hear how it ended up. So that has Apex Legends, which is a free-to-play battle royale. Astral Chain, which is a uh, Platinum Games game uh, on the Nintendo Switch. Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Devil May Cry 5, Gears 5, and Metro Exodus. So I don't know how this all works, but I'm pretty sure that... Well, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think games can be game of the year and other categories, but I looked down to the next one and there's other ones. So anyway, um, so best action game. Uh, hmm. Well, Devil May Cry 5 I finished. That was fun. I did not play Gears or Metro or Modern Warfare or Astral Chain, but I've played Apex Legends. So best action game. I mean, the game that most people are playing right now is either going to be Apex Legends or Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I don't see how Call of Duty doesn't win. In this one, it was essentially kind of a rebirth Wrong again. Uh, this year, and people are really talking very highly about it. People obviously are complaining about the multiplayer, uh, but that's kind of every Call of Duty, so I won't say too much. Uh, Gears 5, again, not a bad game by any stretch. It just kind of came out, though. It kind of came out with a whisper, I guess. Metro uh, was a game I was highly anticipating for a long time. I haven't played the other ones, though, so I'm kind of waiting. And Astral Chain, Platinum makes great games, and I actually want to play Astral Chain. It's literally on my desk right here, like waiting for me to have time to play it. Unfortunately, I'm going to control after Star Wars, and then maybe I'll try to play it. Maybe I'll try to squeeze in there. Who knows? So I'm going to say Call of Duty Modern Warfare wins action game. So we've got... Uh, oh, all right. So I was wrong there. The okay, so... Action adventure game. Action adventure game. So the actual winner of action adventure game was Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. All right. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. For the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. So that's how they differentiate between action game where it's all action and action adventure games where it's action and traversal and puzzle solving. So we have our games of the year or excuse me. The game nominees are Borderlands 3, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2. So there's three of the games in the game of the year. Sekiro, there's the fourth one. So we're four. This is basically the same category as Game of the Year, except we threw in Link's Awakening instead of Smash Brothers and Borderlands 3 instead of Outer Worlds. This is a tough one. I'm going to say Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Oh, my God. At this point, we haven't had a Nintendo game win. And Man, I'm 0 for 3. We're banging out 0 for 3 on the pick so far. So... I think it's going to win, especially since the focus is on traversal and puzzle solving. Because when you look at all these games, Resident Evil 2 has puzzles. Death Stranding does not. Borderlands does not. Sekiro does not. I guess Control might have puzzles. I don't know. And nah, it didn't really. Kind of. So, all right, let's skip uh, ahead. What do we got here? So this is for Outstanding Creative. All right, we're on Art Direction. For Outstanding Creative or Technical Achievement, Art Direction, the winner ended up being Control and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. All right, buckle up. Here we go. Control, Death Stranding, <laughs> Gris, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sekiro, and Zelda Link's Awakening. Um, well, I think Gris is going to win this one. Oh, God, 0 for 4. Uh, you know, Jordan will kill me because he played the game. I have not played it yet, but I love the look of it, and it is on my list of things I want to play. So mm. art direction, Ooh, uh, outstanding creative or technical achievement in artistic we are design for four. and animation. I mean, Ooh, 0 for 4. It's not good. Okay, let's skip ahead. Skip ahead here. 
Soul, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro Design, recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. Okay, audio design. The winner being Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Let's see what I said. My goodness. Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Gears 5, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, I'm going to say Gears... I, no, I'm going to say Call of Duty Modern Warfare on this one. Um, the, Wait, uh, I did win. Yes, I got that right. Um... Yeah, I mean, Death Stranding has a great soundtrack, and it is used really well, but I don't I don't know because I'm going to say Modern Warfare on this one. I'm going to say Modern Warfare again. All so right. Two words for Modern Warfare. Look at that. Look at that. Modern Warfare got a win. So next up is Community Support. Warfare. Community Support. Recognize a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness. And the options are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, and Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, this is definitely going to be Final Fantasy XIV, Ugh. I think, because that game has made such a huge One for six. Base. It has such a huge player fan. One for six. I'm going to say Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, the next one, Content Creator of the Year. which Okay, Content Creator of the Year. The winner was Shroud. <laughs> so, again, I don't know any of these people. So here we go. I'll be honest. Uh, I don't think I could care any less about a category than I care about this. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I still feel that exact same way. <laughs> one for a streamer or a content creator who has made an important and positive impact on the industry in 2019 we've got courage dr lupo ewok grefg and shroud i i'm gonna be <laughs> i'm gonna be honest here uh, you know what? i'm not gonna go on a rant about how much i hate the the ewok uh, this guy he's wearing his hat i i'm not gonna go into it okay Maybe there's a reason why there's a, a, a negative depiction of gamer culture all the time, and, and people like this are feeding into it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, who's going to win? Uh, I don't care. It's going to be Shroud. Yes, I got another one. Two for two for seven. Whew. Two for seven. That was a close one. Shroud's going to win. Michael Grezik. He's going to win because he's really good at shooting games like PUBG. Okay. Uh Esports coach, we're gonna skip that one. Esports event, don't care. Um, not that I don't care about esports, just that I don't care about the event. Who cares about the event? Evo is probably gonna win. Oh, let's see who won. The esports event. Oh, it was League of Legends. Technically, I should have just not picked that one. But all right, so we're two for nine. Because <laughs> that's a fighting game tournament. I don't know. I have no basis for that decision. Esports game of the year. Counter Strike Go, Dota 2, Fortnite, League of Legends, or Overwatch. Uh. Okay, so esports game of the year, the winner was League of Legends. Let's see how I did. I don't know. Let's let's say uh, let's say Fortnite. Damn it! <laughs> it's fans voting on it, so let's say. <laughs> and I was wrong. It's actually not fans voting on it. Fans make up like ten percent of the vote, so that was my fault. So two for two for two for eleven. No, I am two for. Hold on here. Two for two. Oh my gosh. Two for nine. Oh my gosh. Fortnite, even though Fortnite I feel is dwindling. Esports hosts, sorry, I'm just gonna keep going. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Esports player, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna keep going. Esports team, eh, we're gonna keep going. Family game, so this is interesting. Okay, so family game. Let me scroll down here. So the winner of the family game was Luigi's Mansion Three. That was the winner of the family game. Uh, they're all Nintendo games somehow. For the best game appropriate for family play... Can I just talk about that for a second? Why is every game in the family game a Nintendo game? A Nintendo Switch game? Every single one. So, in the family game category, there was literally no other family games made except for Switch games. Okay, anyway. Irrespective of genre or platform. Well, interesting, since all of them are for the Nintendo Switch, but okay. So you have Luigi's Mansion 3, <laughs> Ring Fit Adventure, Mario Maker 2, Super Smash Ultimate, or Yoshi's Crafted World. Uh, family game, I'm probably, I mean, it says for family play. Eh, I mean, I don't think Ring Fit's multiplayer. Eh, that's a tough one. I mean, you can take your pick of any of these. We're going to say Luigi's Mansion. Yes! We're going to say Luigi's Mansion. Three, I fighting did it. Fighting game. For best game design, primarily. Okay, so fighting game. Uh, the winner of the fighting game was Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Around head-to-head -head combat. Dead or Alive 6, Jump Force, Mortal Kombat 11, Samurai Showdown or Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, I think realistically it's between Mortal Kombat and Super Smash Brothers, but I'm going to give the nod to Smash because I feel yes! like that's just the one that more people play. But so I, may, I I really whiffed out on the important categories, 
But in the bottom of the page stinkers down here, I'm cleaning house. But MK11 might win too because Mortal Kombat's that household name. Uh, and the video quality the for some reason has just taken a turd dump. <laughs> don't auto, don't auto 480p me. What are you doing, YouTube? Presented by Subway. <laughs> so obnoxious. Okay, sorry. So the fresh indie game presented by Subway. The winner was Disco Elysium. That was the winner. Uh, recognizing a new independent studio that released its first game in 2019. So this is kind of neat because this is studio, not based on the game. So we've got uh, the creators of Disco Elysium, Zayum, Nomada Studio for Grizz, Dead Toast Entertainment for my friend Pedro, Mobius Digital for Outer Wilds, Megacrit for Slay the Spire, and House House for the Untitled Goose Game. Now, up until I saw the last one, I would have said Mobius Digital for Outer Wilds, but Untitled Goose Game got a whole bunch of love and was an internet meme for for that short couple of weeks that I could see that winning as well, but I'm going to stick with Mobius Digital on Outer Wilds. I think Dang it! Um, game Direction. Now, this is always... Okay, so that puts me at 4 for 12, and we're going uh, to the next one here for game direction is a category actually jordan jeremy and i struggled with this last year on the dropcast because yeah real quick before i do that so game direction the winner was death stranding okay here we go so death stranding was the winner let's see how i did as we were trying we all had different understanding of what a game director was or game direction was here's what the category says awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design so we have the usual suspects control death stranding Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, and Outer Wilds. Not Outer Worlds, Outer Wilds. This is the exact same as the Game of the Year list, except it's Outer Wilds instead of Outer Worlds. Okay. Yeah, shut up and get, get uh, to it. This is the one I think Death Stranding is going to win. Uh, so Death Stranding is going to win Game Direction. I yes! Makes sense to me. Games for Impact. Okay, so I'm now 5 for 13. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, games for Impact is the next one. Uh, Games for Impact, the winner was Grizz. Gris? We'll say Grizz. For a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. So the options are Life is Strange 2, Sea of Solitude, Kind Words, Grizz, and Concrete Genie. I'm going to say Life is Strange 2 uh, because that Damn it. also gets the most play, but uh, uh, thematically uh, very socially uh, progressive, I would say. Dang it. Man, I'm really – I am not good at this. I am not, I am not smart enough to be an average gamer. <laughs> uh, the next one up is indie game <laughs> independent game the winner was disco elysium uh, independent games for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system so we have baba is you disco elysium katana zero outer wilds untitled goose game so uh, i mean here i'm gonna say it's whatever game didn't win in the other category oh, between no. Outer Wilds and Untitled Goose Games. So let's say best indie games. I'm going to give it to Outer Wilds. Ugh. Even though up here I said Outer Wilds would win over Fresh Indie Game. Um, so you know what? Fresh Indie Game, I'm going to change it. We're going to say it's Untitled Goose Game. Oh, we changed it. We had a late, and then late. independent game is going to be Outer Wilds. We had a last minute substitution, but it didn't work. Let's start with Game of the Year. It's top. Oops, I accidentally hit the wrong button on the video. Dang it. <laughs> I got to fast forward all the way. Game direction, yeah, 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 yeah. Games for impact, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also gets the most play, but Disco Elysium, Katana Zero, Outer Wilds. Here, I said Outer Wilds would win over Fresh okay. Indie Game. Okay, sorry about that. Um, so, you know what? Fresh Indie Game, I'm going to change it. We're going to say it's Untitled Goose Game, and then Independent Game is going to be Outer Wilds. So, one can focus on the studio, one can focus on the game. I was still uh, wrong. Best mobile game, <laughs> Call of Duty Mobile, Grindstone, Sayonara, Wild Hearts, Sky, Children of Light, and What the Gulf. Uh, we're going to give it to Call of Duty Mobile. Ooh, mobile game. Who won? Call of Duty Mobile. Yes. That's another one in the right category. Yes. Multiplayer game. For outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences. Okay, multiplayer. The, na the, the game that won was Apex Legends. Irrespective of game genre or platform. So best multiplayer game. Tetris 99, 
Tom Clancy Division 2, Apex Legends, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, I'm going to give this one to Modern Warfare also, even though I could see Tetris 99 taking it. So I'm wrong on that, but I don't understand how Apex Legends won that. I'm still in awe at that. Like, there's no way there's more people playing Apex Legends than playing Modern Warfare Online. But that's fine. I'll give myself the L. It's fine. Because Tetris 99 is incredible. <laughs> and, and it works so well. Uh, narrative. For outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a title. Okay, narrative. So the winner of narrative was Disco Elysium again. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure, but this game cleaned house. And I'm very much considering this to be my last game of the year. To play this and to finish it up and to wrap it up for my last game of 2019. Anyway, the options are A Plague Tale, Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, and The Outer Worlds. You know, I could see Death Stranding getting this one, too. It's going to at least get one of them. The last one I said or this one, because it's going to... Something with the story and narrative is going... That's where that game is strong and it's gonna win damn i was wrong on that too man i suck all right uh the next one is ongoing game and the winner of ongoing game was fortnite here we go um the category for ongoing game awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time we have apex legends destiny 2 final fantasy 14 fortnite and rainbow six siege i'm also gonna say final fantasy 14 again well oh you know, I might say Destiny 2 on this one. Ah! I might say Destiny 2 on Well, you're wrong either way, dum-dum. <laughs> Ongoing game, because that game, now that they're independent from Activision, um, they're in control of the game. They seem to be making the right decisions to make the game popular again. People seem to love it. So good for them. Uh, then they have uh, Performance. Okay, so this one, Performance, it was for specific actors or actresses in a video game. Uh, the winner was Mads Mikkelsen for Death Stranding. So let's see how I did. Awarded to an individual for voice over acting, motion, and or performance capture. So we have uh, Ashley Birch for The Outer Worlds, Courtney Hope for Control, Laura Bailey for Gears 5, Mads Mikkelsen for Death Stranding, Matthew Peretta in Control, or Norman Reedus in Death Stranding. I'm definitely giving this one to Mads Mikkelsen yes. for Death Stranding. Um, I definitely think he's going to win that. Uh, we go on to role-playing game. for the best. All right, so role-playing game, the winner... Disco Elysium, apparently. Won more awards than anything else. Disco Elysium. Doesn't get Game of the Year, though. Mind you, doesn't even get nominated for Game of the Year, but wins all of the other awards. Okay, anyway. Best game designed with rich player character customization and progression. <laughs> God. Okay, so the options are Disco Elysium, Final Fantasy XIV, Kingdom Hearts Three, The Outer Worlds, and Monster Hunter World Iceborne. So Jordan and I have this argument all the time about is monster hunter an rpg um and i say it's not but he says it is and that's okay it's a different of opinion uh it rich player customization and progression so i guess i i can't disagree with it fitting into this category based off of that category's uh you know explanation description including uh so it's just i still hate game that designed with rich player character customization and progression I just hate I do I do hate what constitutes an RPG because basically the term has morphed, you know? Like an RPG used to be something like Final Fantasy. And obviously games change over time, but we've somehow gone from a turn-based RPG like Final Fantasy where you have levels and every level you gain you get something to Monster Hunter World being considered an RPG when just because you can when you kill monsters you get items to make better weapons for yourself because your character actually isn't the one progressing i mean yes you're progressing but like your character isn't getting better your weapons and armor get better i anyway I, it's just it's the whole thing it's, it's just the whole thing we're gonna carry on <laughs> monster hunter has that so you know typically i like to think role-playing games also have some sort of you know number-based tracking system level-based system which all of these games have except disco elysium and monster hunter iceborne Monster Hunter has a hunter rank, but that doesn't change anything. That'd be like saying that your your rank in Call of Duty makes it an RPG. So, uh, but again, based on what they say is a role-playing game here, it fits in this category. So we, we move on from there. Uh, score and music. For outstanding music includes... Okay, did I totally just gloss over who I picked for RPG? <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. It's tracking system, level-based system, which... All of these games have, except Disco Elysium and Monster Hunter Iceborne. Monster Hunter has a hunter rank, but that doesn't change anything. Mm -hmm. That'd be like saying that your your 
rank in Call of Duty makes it an RPG. So, uh, but again, based on what they say is a role-playing game here, it fits in this category. So we, we move on from there. Uh, All right, so I was wrong on that one too. Excellent. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. A score in music. For outstanding music inclusive of score, it's Cadence of Hyrule, Death Stranding, Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts, and Sayonara Wild Heart. So score music, the winner was Death Stranding. I'll see how I did. I think Death Stranding might win this one. Yes. Oh, that's I'm going to say on this one, Death Stranding. Best sports racing. Okay, sports racing game, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled is what won. Game for the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing game. Uh, Crash Team Racing Dirt 2.0. They just put racing and sports together. Okay. Uh, Evo Pro Football Soccer 2020, F1 2019, and FIFA 20. Madden didn't even make the list, y'all. Uh, I, I don't know. Crash Team Racing, because that's the only game on this list. Well, I would play Dirt Rally 2.0, but Crash Team Racing will probably win. Sweet! That was an unexpected one. Uh, strategy game. Okay, so strategy game, the winner was Fire Emblem Three Houses. Let's see how it did. I don't really care. Let's just move on. Oh. VR, AR game, <laughs> and that's it. So, okay, so that's roughly it. Let's just pick them then, because then I can see if I'm right. Okay. Strategy game, Age of Wonders. <laughs> no, that's funny. I like this guy. Wonders, Anno 1800, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Total War, Tropico, and Wargroove. I'm going to go with Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yes. And then VR, AR game, Asgard's Wrath, Blood and Truth, Beat Saber, No Man's Sky, Trover Saves Universe. Beat Saber is going to win that by a mile. And the winner of VR AR game was, in fact, Beat Saber. Amazing. Amazing. Huh. Amazing. So, that is it for the Video Game Awards. All right, cool. So, I can stop uh, listening to the live video now. Take my headset off. And let's kind of, let's, let's give it down here. So, I got my little notes here. So, that put me, I properly guessed 11 games. Out of a total of, is that 25 categories? 11 for 25. Uh, that's not terrible. I mean, I'll be okay. It's less than 50%. Hmm. 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 Let me, we got our math. We got calculators. 44% accuracy on my picks for the game awards <laughs> so you know take it or leave it it is what it is but next year we'll try to improve but i had a really strong ending there i started off real weak started off missing all the heavy hitters the big categories mostly because sekiro was a huge surprise to me i never would have thought sekiro in a million years would win even though it's totally deserving of it and but finished up really strong finished up in the baby categories that no one really cares about so that's pretty good 11 for 25 i, I correctly guessed 11 of 25 of the winners for a 44% average. Not too bad. Not too bad. Not enough to get me in the playoffs, but not too bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Game Awards. So uh, next year we'll do the same thing, and I'll write down how I did, and we'll, we'll see how it all went. And then next up on the podcast, I want to talk a little bit about, and I don't really have, let's see here. Let me, the let me nominees set this up. And the <clears throat> categories. So like I said, we'll revisit this. this. Once the uh, once the awards are finished, and we'll see how we did. So next up on fun. the podcast today, I want to talk hey, a little bit like about our content. Don't forget to like going on? and subscribe. Why do we got audio and check out our latest videos here on the side. Stupid YouTube video! I closed you. All right, <laughs> now here we go for the ten millionth time. Thank you, everyone. You know, I have to say, if you're, it's your first time listening to this podcast, yes, it is as crappy as this is. <laughs> this is this is how it goes. If you can't handle this level of production quality on a podcast, then you just go away because it's not getting any better. I'm getting lazier as every week goes on, and I'm just recording this stuff and throwing it up. Like, pretty soon I'm not even going to have intro music. I'm just going to be like, so Xbox, you know? Hey, how about that Xbox? <laughs> I'm not even going to have intro music or say what episode it is or that it's a new episode or that my name's even Greg. It's just going to be like, yeah, here's the game news of the week, everybody. <laughs> so if your expectation is more... I aim to disappoint. Anyway, with that being said, here's the next part of the podcast. So next up on the podcast today, we're talking about the new Xbox. Now, this was announced at the Game Awards, a very surprise announcement. There was a two-minute trailer released for it showing some gameplay. They showed off some neat stuff. And, of course, they showed the console itself. 
as you can see here, this is the Xbox Series X. And this is it. This is the console. <clears throat> now, they've already said there's going to be multiple versions of the Xbox, the new Xbox system. And so I'll be curious to see if they all share a similar core design. Things like with the disk drive removed, if it'll be smaller, maybe. I'm not quite sure. Uh, at first glance, I tweeted out that it looks like the stones from the fifth element. <laughs> because it does. It is a vertical, long, uh, elongated box rectangle and it's it's fine looking like I look at it uh I don't like the vent holes in the top I really uh I don't like that for cleaning purposes that's just for me though it's like when people have dust in there it's really hard to get it out but that's just me from a work standpoint I don't hate the look of the system I think it looks fine I think my only real issue and obviously you can lay it flat they've already said that if you lay it flat it looks pretty boring but consoles aren't really known for having like incredible design like i didn't look at the ps4 when they announced it and i wasn't like whew, like i wasn't sweating like oh i gotta have it man that looks so cool it's just hardware to me i just want it to be somewhat kind of cool in fact i hate the design of the slim ps4 like the rounded i actually don't like that at all i like the kind of sharp ps4 edges and it kind of reminds me almost of a of like a like a sports car almost with the with the back of the vent and the way it's kind of spiked off so anyway more i think what i have issue with is the name, the Xbox Series X. And which, thankfully, I do the podcast on Tuesdays because just yesterday they they clarified the name to say that, no, the new Xbox is just called the Xbox. And so I understand that the that, that, that most people on Twitter and most people who really follow this stuff have no problem with this. They have no misunderstanding. I know what the Xbox Series X is. I work in this, I do all my, like I collect this, it's my hobby, and I make YouTube videos on this sort of stuff. So yes, I understand what the Xbox Series X is capable of. I know what it does, I know what it is. My complaint about something like this is I feel like that obviously is who Microsoft is catering here to, and it, because it doesn't really scream to the masses and to the average consumer and to the below average consumer and what i say by that i mean something like a grandmother or a mother who's not a gamer who's trying to buy something like this for a gamer it it misses the mark with them and i know it seems really silly as about as the playstation 5 is going to come out next year that name sucks like it's just the playstation 5 no system's ever gotten that high in naming it's the playstation 5 it's it's the 5 it, it's boring but you know what it makes sense a mom can go, hey, you have a PlayStation 3? Yeah, mom, now I want a PlayStation 5. Okay, I can go to the store and say, hey, do you have a, a PlayStation 5? That's easier than going, my son really wants the new Xbox or wants an Xbox, especially with the resurgence of, re of, of retro games, right? Because the resurgence of retro games has brought the original Xbox back to popularity. So people do legitimately. Now, if you don't know, I, I own a video game store, and I, I literally talk to customers almost every single day. And I know this is anecdotal, but I can only share my own experiences with you. But it's over the course of 20 years. I've been selling video games for 20 years. Okay, so I've seen this. I've seen everything here. And people will still come in and say, I'm looking, I need, I have, I need an Xbox. Like, okay, would you like the Xbox, the Xbox 360, or the Xbox One? When you say that to them, their eyes gloss over and they give you this deadpan look like, what, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> and, and I'm sitting here like, I, I'm not doing it to you. Microsoft did it to you. It ha it's happened before. This isn't the first time that there's been confusing marketing. Most recently, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, for a while, because a lot of people think, let, let's back it up, right? So the first Modern Warfare is what? It's Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare 1. Then you have Modern Warfare 2. Then you have Modern Warfare 3. Then you started having people come in saying, do you have Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4? Like, well, there is no Modern Warfare 4. It's Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, but it's technically Modern Warfare 1. And then they look at you kind of weird. And then, of course, they go and make the new Call of Duty, and they just call it Modern Warfare. Okay. It's fine. Call of Duty fans, the people that are going to play that game, are fine. as long as, And since they do a new one every year... It's a little different because you could say, well, I want the newest Call of Duty. Okay, well, that's easy. The newest Call of Duty is Modern Warfare. I'm looking for the original Modern Warfare on 360. Okay, that's easy. We, we can do that, right? So it's just, there's naming issues. There's naming issues. In fact, there was a little bit, a lot of people don't know this. There was a little bit of naming controversy 
when Modern Warfare 2 was coming out on the 360, originally they didn't want to call it Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. They wanted to just call it Modern Warfare 2. They wanted to branch off the Call of Duty name. And Activision wouldn't let it go because it was such a big selling point. Arguably a good idea on Activision's part, if I'm being honest. The Call of Duty name has such clout. It has such power as a brand that, of course, you want to keep using that. It has it has equity as a brand. And so, of course, you want to keep using that. So anyway, getting back to the Xbox. And th this is, a, this is a, a, a weekly occurrence where I have to talk to somebody about the Xbox. Also... I don't, and I understand what they're trying to say. So let me back it up a little bit. The name when they announced it was Xbox Series X. But what they were trying to say was, well, the new console is just called Xbox, but there's going to be multiple versions of the Xbox of the new Xbox. Okay, that's been that's happened before. Sony did it with the PS3. There was a 20 gig model that was backwards compatible with no Wi-Fi in it. There was a 60 gig model that had everything. $100 price point between the two, which is laughable that those two parts didn't even come close to a $100 difference. But <laughs> you had those two systems. You had the original 360 when it came out. There was an arcade version, and there was the... What did they actually call the other one? The arcade. There was the arcade and the Pro? Does that sound right? The Xbox Arcade and the Xbox... I know it wasn't Elite. The Elite came out later. That was the black one. But there was the there was the Arcade and the Pro, I think. I think that's what it was called. I, I don't remember. It was five billion years ago. Uh, I was selling them, though, at the time. <laughs> I was there at GameStop pre-ordering them and selling them. Um, and so that has never worked out well, though, in the past. And so I have to give Microsoft strategy a little bit of flack here as well. It has not really been successful to have two SKUs of a system out at once. Now, in the past, it's been the exact same system with maybe less features. So the Xbox originally had no hard drive, just had like the onboard. Did it even have the 256 onboard? I think it had something on board. If not, it didn't have any any memory or it had memory. The PS3 either had a smaller hard drive and no Wi-Fi or it had a bigger hard drive. It was never a more powerful, less powerful situation, not from the get-go. Also, there weren't huge uh, things taken out. Like for instance, I'm pretty sure that one of the versions of the new Xbox are going to not have a disc drive. That's pretty substantial. Those, those that taking that out is pretty substantial. So I don't think the two skew strategy is necessarily a good thing. It, it can be in the short term because you have people will want to save money. And so if you release a really powerful system, but if you take the disk drive out and take out something else and you can drop the price by 50 to 100 bucks, that will entice some people. There are bargain shoppers out there that just want it the way they want it. And since this system technically uses all your old Xbox One controllers, I could see them releasing a version without a controller. Save yourself another 40 or 50 bucks on the price because you don't need a controller if you already have like three or four Xbox One controllers. So it's possible. They haven't said that, but it's possible. So again, I don't hate the name. I think having a brand called Xbox is fine. I think that 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 is their gaming division is Xbox. Totally fine. It would have been nice if they had put more thought into the long-term stretch goals of such a thing where we would say, hey, the original Xbox, then the 360, then the Xbox One, I arguably one of the worst names of a game console. It reminds me very much of like the Wii U. The Wii U was a whole new console. I literally just yesterday had somebody in the store ask me what the Wii U is. And he's like, well, I want a Wii U from, I, I want a Wii U for my Wii. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what you mean. And he's like, I want, well, I need to get a Wii U, like the tablet thing. I need to get that for my Wii. He legitimately did not know the Wii U was a new console. And that's okay. I'll even admit when they first announced the Wii U, they didn't show the console. They only showed the tablet. So everyone at first thought that it was just an add-on for the Wii. And then like a day later, they finally revealed, no, 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 it's a whole new console. Check it out. So here's the, here's the deck and here's all this. And we're like, oh, okay. And so I always say, and this isn't like bragging, but if someone like me doesn't understand your marketing message for gaming, there's no way that 90% of the other people are going to understand it because I live this stuff. Like I, I work it, it's my hobby, and I do this YouTube stuff on the side. So it, it's all of that wrapped up. Um, so I think the name, it's not necessarily a miss the name. I think how it was revealed was a miss calling it the series X. If you're going to have a series, then you should show that off. Or if you only have one to show like this one here, why aren't we just showing the name of this one? Call this the Xbox 
version X or something like that. And maybe that's what they're doing by Series X because I assume then this is the X version of the new Xbox. But it is confusing. And and, and recently, and I know he listens to the podcast, um, and so if he listens to this one, you know, I'm not dogging on you by any stretch, but Mike made a good point uh, from Retro Game Fix. He made a good point about it being just like cars. Like every year Camry comes out with this or Toyota, you know, Toyota comes out with a Camry. This. Arguably, cars are confusing too. So like, for instance, I used to have a Lancer. My Lancer was a Rally Art. The Rally Art is an upgrade of the GTS. And then there's a Lancer Evo. Then there's a Lancer Evo MR. A Lancer Evo MR. So, uh, yes, you could argue that Lancer is easy to say. Well, every year there's a new Lancer, but there's a Lancer, there's a Rally Art, there's an Evo, there's an Evo MR, and there's a GRS or GTS. I, f- I forget. GRS, I think. I, I forget what the base model is. I don't care. It's slow. I didn't have one. <laughs> I had Rally Art. Um, and so people would come in and say, Ooh, Greg, man, your Evo looks nice. And I was like, well, technically it's not an Evo. It's a Rally Art. And, and I go through the whole thing, and people are just like, what? And then so after, I kid you not, after like three years, people was like, hey, man, is that your Evo? And I said, yep, <laughs> that's my Evo because I don't feel like explaining it to you that it's not. Okay, it's not an Evo. It's the Rally Art. The Rally has the Evo MR transmission and still has all-wheel drive turbo, but not as large as the turbo as the Evo. But it's not a five-speed stick. It's a six-speed dual twin-clutch transmission. You try to explain that to people, and they're just like, What? That's nice Evo, man. I'm like, thanks, dude. And it was. I love that car. I sold it. It's now become the first car for a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> so it's, she's going to love it. <laughs> that car was a, that car was amazing. I loved it, and I miss it. But uh, you don't miss it in these cold days where I can auto-start my Jeep from my phone and then get in it <laughs> when it's already warmed up. But anyway, I digress. So, again, that's not a dog on Mike. He's right that, that car companies have done this. Other companies have done this. I just don't know how successful it is when it comes to the average consumer and it's tough and only time will tell the other thing about this though too because i made a joke of course because phil spencer had tweeted i tweet a lot of like jokes okay it's like a lot of people i hope understand when i'm tweeting like half of the stuff when i'm making fun of something i'm literally just having it's just fun to make a joke you know i'm not i'm not i don't hate the name of the xbox i don't hate the look of the xbox i don't hate xbox i just make jokes sometimes that i think are funny and hey might get me some likes and retweets on twitter you know, heaven forbid. But, you know, Phil Spencer put out a tweet saying something like the names. And this was before the reveal. He said the name of the Xbox will. The name of the Xbox will will reveal what it does. Well, this one, if it's called the X, doesn't reveal anything about what it does. So I don't know if that's the name of this. Unit. There's a lot of conflicting information. Now, I tweeted out jokingly and said, oh, sweet. I'm not sure if I'm going to get by the Xbox paperweight or the Xbox doorstop. That was my joke because arguably the new Xbox could be a paperweight or a doorstop. Now, the reason I said that, though, is not just because I may not play an Xbox or I may not like the exclusive games on it. The reason I said that was because the the X, Xbox and Microsoft, Microsoft in particular, when it comes to the Xbox, are looking as the box isn't the big deal. The box isn't what matters. The console in your home doesn't matter. So is it important to buy one of these when I'll eventually be able to do, like, xCloud gaming on my phone. So that's what's funny is they talk about the most powerful system in the box, but they don't need the most powerful console if they go the route of stream game streaming with xCloud. Right? So that's that's where there's confusing messages to even to me as a consumer is, well, wait a minute, I I, I want to have this. I already want this because it's a really powerful game machine. Microsoft's put a bunch of money into studios to make exclusive content. I'll most likely buy an Xbox. But Will I need one or will xCloud just allow me to play it? Can I get a streaming app on my PS5 maybe and play Xbox on my PS5? Probably not. They won't allow it. But you know what I mean. On my crappy Chromebook, I could do it. On my phone, I could do it with a Bluetooth controller synced up. So those are the kind of questions. That's why I made the joke about the paperweight or the doorstop is because Microsoft themselves are trying to make hardware obsolete. Yet here they are bragging about the most powerful hardware they have. It's just, it's an interesting debacle. But in any case, I didn't, I knew I was going to say, see, I said it to be in the podcast, right? What did I say? Sometimes I'm just to quickly talk about the new Xbox and I'm going to go on to some diatribe. I did exactly what I said I wasn't going to do, but I did it. And I'm, you know what? And I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. The Xbox, the new Xbox is going to be powerful. It's going to be cool. I'm sure it'll be fun. I love that they're focusing on games. Finally. Uh, it seems like it took them like the Xbox one generation. They just gave up. 
on trying to hammer out exclusive content. So I'm very happy. Um, even though I understand that exclusive content is not necessarily consumer friendly, you got to have a reason to buy your system or to be a part of your service, whether it's subscription service to xCloud, Game Pass, or buying the actual hardware and discs, is you have to get people to get your product. And so I'm glad to see them put a bunch of money into independent studios to bring them in-house to make that content for them. So that's a good thing. We should all celebrate that. Um, and, and I am. All right. And that's it for news stories for the day. Oops. What do we got going on here? Oops. Okay. So I've got my game of the week. Got my pickup pile of the week. And then we're going to wrap it up. And I will and I won't talk to the, you for the rest of the year. That, you're on timeout. The whole rest of the year. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Anyway, uh, also Blade Runner's on sale on GOG, which is pretty amazing. Anyway, Blade Runner's a great game. Um, so go buy it. Anyway, our game of the week. We're continuing the PlayStation 1 trend. In fact, we're continuing the Dino Crisis trend. I'm talking Dino Crisis 2. So last week I talked Dino Crisis 1. Basically said it was a Resident Evil clone. It's like walking around the Resident Evil game except as a red-haired girl with a gun fighting dinosaurs on a deserted island instead of zombies in a mansion. It was almost a reskin of Resident Evil. Dino Crisis 2 actually deviated from the formula. In fact, you could argue that Dino Crisis 2 more closely resembles a Resident Evil 4, which it obviously came out before Resident Evil 4. But Dino Crisis 2 added things like being able to buy ammo. And it was more about... Like, the gameplay was more action-oriented and wasn't survival horror-oriented. And so, I, I don't even know the last time I played this game. I really want to go through it again, but at the time I remember playing this going, man, this this took this took Dino Crisis, everything I liked about it, and, and amped it up. Not that I didn't love the Resident Evil format, but I was tired of the Resident Evil format. In fact, even Capcom got tired of the Resident Evil format as they went on to change it completely with Resident Evil 4. So Dino Crisis 2 was one of the first games to take that risk, actually, and it was quite different from the first one. And it was good. And so Dino Crisis 2, not Dino Crisis 3. Again, if you went out and bought it last week and you've been playing it and, and you hate me now, I understand, but I didn't mean it. It was an accident. Dino Crisis 1, good. Dino Crisis 2, better. Dino Crisis 3, ass. There, that's about as clear as I can get with it. And then my pickup pile of the week here, and we're going to wrap it all up. So first up, I picked up a PS4 game. GameStop had this on their deal of the day for 10, 20 bucks new. And I have to put new in air quotes because, of course, everything new at GameStop is opened and the display box is on the shelf. So it's a pain in my ass. I really hate it. I hate buying games that are open, that are new. Like, it, it pisses me off. It's fine. I hated it when I worked there, and I hate it now. It's fine. <laughs> Valfar Valfaris. So this uh, self-described on the back. Heavy metal-infused pixel art and soundtrack. It's a Castlevania-slash-Metroid-type game. The back of the box says, After mysteriously vanishing from galactic charts, the fortress of Valfaris has suddenly reappeared in the orbit of a dying sun. And so it's got a little bit of, like, Event Horizon vibes going on. So uh, sci-fi Metroid Castlevania-type. Yeah, sign me up for that. In fact, I might play this, too. I kind of want to play this, and I kind of want to play Disco Elysium. I don't have the time, I don't think, to beat both. Not sure what I'm going to do. I just got done beating Blasphemous. I 100%ed that game. That game was awesome. Blasphemous was a, a real treat. Um, man, it was good. I, and I I don't know how else to describe it. It was just good. And it was super hard, but it was beautiful. The music's good. The bosses are so unique. All the design, everything was so cool. But we're not talking about that today. Our game of the week is Dino Crisis 2, not Blasphemous. We're, move, we're moving on. Moving on. Valfaris for PS4. So I picked that up. I picked up, I got in the mail, uh, Xeno Crisis. Now this was a game that I kickstarted. It is a all new Sega Genesis game uh, by the Bitmap Bureau. And it came in like a 16-bit, like original Sega Genesis case. It's so cool. Um, I can't wait to play this. It kind of looks like Smash TV. Um, a little mix between like Smash TV and Contra, but but very cool. I picked up, and this is going to be one of those weirdies where you're like, why did you buy that, Greg? But I picked up a copy of Wing Commander 3 for PS1 in the tall box. So I'm a huge fan of PS1 long boxes. And Wing Commander, I'm a huge fan of the older ones. And I thought, you know what? This one's got Mark Hamill in it. It's got live voice acting. Hell yeah, I'm going to buy that. And it's cheap. It was like 10 or 15 bucks. Like, you just buy it, you know? I buy lots of dumb shit, you know? I'm just going to buy another dumb 
dumb thing. <laughs> uh, then I got two Switch games in the mail. This was the roll call. So first up, Deadly Premonition Origins. Deadly Premonition is one of the sleeper games of I don't know of the of the two of the millennia. You know, I'm just gonna say it. It's one of the sleeper hits of the millennia. That game should have, by all intents and purposes, been a total piece of crap, and it ended up being really interesting. And it's weird, and it's not for everyone, but it's fun. And it's like I remember playing it and thinking, "Woof! This 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 intro, this beginning kind of sucks, and it's really slow, and the acting's really terrible." And then I kept playing it, and then you get to an open world where I'm driving around, exploring things, exploring the motel, exploring parts of town. I'm like this is actually pretty cool. This is pretty cool. And then I kept playing it, man. Deadly Premonition, bit of a horror game. Uh, it is, it's a wild one. Check it out. So they released that on the switch basically. So I picked up the switch copy of deadly premonition origins. I already have it on PS3 and 360, but I do, the game is charming to me. Uh, and then of course they announced deadly premonition two coming. So, you know, you get a little stupid buying habits when you see something like that. And then lastly, and finally, this is very cool. Now this, this is something I ordered a long time ago and I, I so happy it finally shipped. But on the Switch, I got the physical twin pack of Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. This is awesome. I, I am mad that they never brought out Final Fantasy VII Physical when they brought it to PS4 or even to Switch. But And this never came out in the U.S. I had to buy this from... I think this one is the Chinese version. There's no ESRB logo or anything. And it has... Let's see here. Final Fantasy VII is in Japanese, English, French, German, and Spanish text. Final Fantasy VIII is in Japanese, English, French, Italian, German, and Spanish text. And I want to say someone told me that Final Fantasy VIII has English voice acting too. But in any case, I mean, it's just cool to have a physical of these. If they would do a physical of these on PS4, I would buy it in a second. I would prefer it on the PS4. But you take what you get and Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII on a twin pack for the Switch. That's that, That's just, it's so cool to me. I love both those games, and it's great. So, thank you, everybody, for listening and watching, as always. I so appreciate it. Once again, as a reminder, I won't be here next week. Won't be here the week after. We're taking our two-week Christmas, New Year's break. I will be back. Let's see. That puts us at Tuesday, January 7th, 2020, where we're going to talk about our games of the year. And then we're going to roll into our games of the decade, all the best games from 2009 to 2019, or 2010 to 2019. I don't know. It's weird to say, like, the end of a decade, like a new decade starting with 2020. But do you start from 2010 to 2019? Or do you do 2009 to 2019 for 10 years? Whatever. I'm not sure. I'll just pick my favorite games in the last 10 years. How about that? How about that, everyone? Don't judge me. Thank you again, everybody. I so appreciate this. I love doing this. And 2019 has been one hell of a ride. Um, Game-wise, I've played some incredible games this year. The store's done incredible. Um, I don't know. And this and the, the channel's been incredible. The podcast keeps growing. And I'm just, I have so much fun with it. And this is actually more fun to me doing this than it is actually cutting this all up into the YouTube videos. I actually just really prefer the the YouTube or the, the, the podcast side of it. If I could do just this and get the same sort of views and everything, I totally would. And um, we, I launched my new podcast, Metal Gear Salad, which uh, Josh and I have such different schedules. It's, it is difficult to find a time to meet, but we're going to try to do episode two soon. Um, and that will be Metal Gear Salad 2 Solid Snake, or excuse me, Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake. And so hopefully we'll be recording that soon and I'll get that up sometime within the next few weeks. And that'll be after Christmas, actually. What am I thinking? I, I'm not taking on new projects right now. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thank you again, as always. Appreciate you all so much. Thank you for listening and watching. Share it. You can listen. Follow me on Twitter at GameTradeGreg, YouTube slash, or YouTube.com slash DropRate, Twitch.tv slash TheDropRate. And, of course, I'm now on, I'm on iTunes, I'm on Spotify, and I'm on SoundCloud. So anything else, you know, any way you want to listen, we should be around. So appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have a good day. We'll talk to you next year. Have a good day. Bye-bye.